0: Welcome back for another episode of the Processing Podcast. This week, we're diving into all things related to stress. Are we really stressed or are we just telling ourselves for stress, Sophie?
1: Yeah, I definitely think stress is something that can be managed by how we speak to ourselves internally. Um, and obviously we both have a lot going on this year. We have a lot to think about, a lot to manage, a lot to plan. Um, and they're all good things, or at least most of them are good things. And I think a lot of the times, even though it's good with so much to plan and so much to think about, it feels really overwhelming. And I think a solution to that is definitely your perspective and how you want to think about all the things that are happening in your life.
0: Yeah, when we decided on this theme i went and looked at some stress management tools and resources online and the commonality between all of those things that i watched and listened to were your mentality and how you view stress which i thought was incredibly interesting that it's just something that we can overcome um partially by our perspective to it but then there are also things that can be done to limit the amount of stress that you're having just by different actions you can take. But before we get into that, a couple of episodes back, uh, before the football season started, Sophie and I set our division winners within the NFL. And now that the playoffs have started, we can reveal who ended up winning. Sophie, you have no idea. I, I look back at our picks and... I'm eager to see your raw reaction to who is the winner here.
1: I have honestly, I remember a couple of my picks, but my philosophy going into this is Darren helped me pick them. So if I win, I'll take credit for it. But if I lose, I'll just blame it on Darren. And then either way, like I'll be fine. So
0: (laughs) I like that. I like that mentality. Um, Let's just say, Good thing you and I didn't make any futures bets in Vegas with what we picked because I think statistically 89% of them were wrong. So, oh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, not great, but there is one that had a a one-pick edge. All right, oh, So okay. the AFC East, you and I both picked the Bills, so that was a positive tie. The Bills won the AFC East. The AFC West, Sophie – Picked the Chargers, who had the ultimate choke job in yeah, okay. the postseason against Jacksonville, and I picked the Chiefs, and Chiefs won.
1: Some mm, okay. up one. Okay.
0: Okay. AFC North. Uh, you picked the Bengals, Sophie, and I picked the Ravens, and you won. The Bengals okay. won the AFC North.
1: Because we're one to one right now, right?
0: Yeah, one to one. Unfortunately, okay. Lamar Jackson was hurt for some key moments of the season. So I'd like to think that that turned out the way it did because of the misfortunes of injury. The AFC South, you picked the Titans. I picked the Colts. We were both wrong. I'm pretty sure that's where Jacksonville surprised everyone and took the crown. So still one-to-one. NFC East, transitioning over to the NFC. The Eagles were both of our picks. So it's a tie again. I mean, the way that we, in the order that we picked two, it couldn't be more dramatic. I'm going (laughs) through it, and I'm like, who is going to win this? (laughs) Because right now we're (laughs) tied. NFC West. Um, I have no problem with our picks here. We picked the Rams, and I know that they had a disastrous season um, for many reasons, but those were both incorrect. Very Mm -hmm. incorrect. Um all right, one one. NFC North. Sophie picks the Vikings and I pick the Vikings. Uh Uh-huh. And I was at the game last night that the Vikings lost to the Giants to open up the divisional round of excuse me, the wild card round of the postseason. So I'll have to share that experience after we do this. Okay. The final The final pick. It all comes down to the NFC South.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, I don't even remember what I picked. I don't at all. We need a drum roll. Okay.
0: Sophie picks the Buccaneers, and Mary picks the Saints. Sophie wins the, oh. N- the NFL that pick.
1: That makes no sense <laughs> that I would win at all. But... You know, I have uh, was for
0: you and you're a Tom Brady fan, so.
1: Yeah, I guess. Okay, that one technically was more so my pick than anything else. So, yeah. I guess I do have to thank Darren for his contributions. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to thank my parents for teaching me about football, and um, <laughs> me, of course, for being able to take expert advice. So.
0: Oh man! Yeah, I mean. Like I said, neither of us should be betting, but I'm glad that you <laughs> did have that one, one division edge over me. So we said the winner, very high stakes here, the winner gets to pick the shirt for the loser to wear on a podcast episode.
1: Oh. So you can, when
0: that happens, we can figure out the logistics off camera, but I will have to wear something of your choosing you're the not the meanest boring, yeah, yeah so i feel like it won't be that brutal
1: it won't be that brutal so you can you can relax a little bit but it also won't be great so okay. <laughs> like oh, you probably goodness. probably wouldn't i'm thinking like just as a as an initial thought i'm thinking like early 2000s um oh, wow. some like some what whatever we would wear in like 6th grade that's more oh like the so we're out. going
0: for very unfa actually Y2K is coming back which is no but I'm thinking really like
1: positive. limited to <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> like the justice monkey
0: <laughs> all right everyone you hear this it's a waste that Sophie won I'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I'm eager to see, oh, your, your computer just made a loud sound, but I'm like eager it. to see what it ends up being, um,
1: and yes. I'll take it well, like
0: I because I lost. Mary,
1: for- I mean, you lost, but you also won in a sense that you got to cover the Vikings game this past yeah. weekend. How it was, was a- it?
0: As a journalist, it was a loss as a distant, an honorary fan of the Vikings now living in Minnesota. It was really cool. It was my first time covering um, an NFL game, let alone an NFL playoff game. So you know, I feel like I've been it been there before. I realized before the game like wait, I've never done this before because I've covered Viking's training camp, so it's a similar setting in terms of being around like high profile media. Um, national media, and just covering the players uh, like you would for any other reason throughout the season. Um, but I also attended the post-game um, conferences in the locker room, in the Vikings locker room after the game. And they wow. lost the game 31-24 to 24 in very heartbreaking fashion. I mean, the Vikings have, unlike last season, they came out on the winning end of a lot of really close games this year, and they have a new head coach. There's just – there's a different level of expectation and hope. And I was also selfishly really hoping the Vikings would do the unthinkable and make it to the Super Bowl because I know my company would likely have sent me and another um, sports reporter at the station to the Super Bowl in Arizona. So I'm there, and I'm like, high hopes. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Sitting in the, pre- in the press box, and everything's going well. It was what I expected, a high-scoring game, because the last time these two teams met in Week 16, it was high-scoring, just back and forth. Ended up being the Vikings winning in the regular season on a field goal. Um, but this time, the Vikings just made the New York Giants look like they were one of the best teams, offensively <laughs> in the entire league. And even though it was close and it came down to the very last drive for the Vikings to lose it, um, it just it didn't feel – it didn't have that same level of energy, I guess, on the Vikings end. So very disappointing mm-hmm. loss. Um, going into the locker room after was a unique experience. And really my biggest takeaway was it's a very intimate setting that mm-hmm. I think – you feel very privileged to be in such close quarters with a group of men that just put their everything out on the line for entertainment purposes, for their own livelihood. And it feels like a very big privilege to be that close to them in that moment. Um, But it also kind of reeled me back a little bit. And I think anyone that watches the NFL can put – players and coaches on a pedestal and mm-hmm. when you're in the locker room with with players just so emotional after such a big game you really feel the human aspect like they don't feel like they're um these star players that are what they are going home to their million dollar mansions and you know gonna yeah. uh, live a good life after they leave like they just really feel like people which sounds ridiculous but um it was a new perspective to have and um, but it was uncomfortable because they were very upset, very sad. Some of the players yeah. were not interested in talking at all. So you kind of just have to power through asking questions that the players clearly do not want to answer or talk about.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And, yeah, it was, it was a tough way for that to be my first exposure to the locker room because it was a playoff loss. But nonetheless, a very unique, uh, cool experience.
1: Well, it's funny. And I say this because I've, it's like, I've been watching your career and like getting excited alongside you. So it's funny for me to say, like, this is the part I've been most excited for in your career. Because <laughs> yeah. I know it's like it's your career and like, you know, you should be the most excited mm-hmm. about it. But I've always been so interested and excited because when you think about sports journalism, that's kind of like the most iconic piece that you think about, like being with the professional athletes and being behind the scenes and interviewing them and being that person with the microphone right after the game. And so it's just funny to me also, though, that you kind of, it hit you, it seems like when you were there and it was like, oh, I've never been, you know, in the locker room. I've never been at a playoff game for the NFL, like, because to me that mm-hmm. I would just think like that's the most iconic part of the job. Not to say that there aren't other like exciting things that happen outside of the NFL, but it just seems like that would be like the end-all, be-all. Oh my gosh, I'm going into this. This is wild type of feeling.
0: For sure, yeah. And Aaron Andrews was there um, as the sideline reporter for Fox, and that's who you think of. Like you think of those icons and you think of the most popular sport being the NFL. So yeah, no, I, I don't feel that way towards my job anymore, just because it doesn't matter what level you're doing it at, you're doing the same exact thing. Like you're interviewing athletes, you're um, writing a recap of the game and presenting it on air. There's so many same parallels, but yeah, the, the overall experience does feel elevated for sure. And it was awesome. Um, so in the press box at halftime, they had a performance from none other than
1: Ludacris. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, so funny. So
0: it, was, it was actually a really good performance by him. Okay. I mean, it's Ludacris. He has so many um, top-of-the-chart bangers. So it got the crowd hyped. But being in the press box, having to compose myself, when he's singing songs like um, Get Out of the Way, I think that's the name of the song, or Yeah, or oh my All God. I Do Is Win, um, I had to really, really compose myself, but it was, seeing him was really, really cool. Yeah, you but guys, Mary loves
1: to sing and dance. she It's hard to contain, I think, once Mary starts going <laughs> on one of, her, one of her favorite bangers. She cannot be <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I mean like I'm not the biggest ludicrous fan in the world but objectively he was he was behind a lot of the top songs that we enjoyed when we were in high school and middle school like so there's, oh, there's yeah. no way you can't appreciate his talents but you know rap listening to rap music because rap is my favorite genre it it's interesting being a fan of rap but then also like I don't know. Come, I, I don't. It's it's really it's really weird. So, in one of our newscasts, one of the stories was how it was it was our kicker. So it wasn't a hard hitting story, but it, a fun story was that music scientifically, um, or Spotify, has proven scientifically that people are happier when they listen to music. Whatever uh, you know, that's we hear things of that nature often, but. When we went on air, I was mentally preparing for the anchor to ask me, you know, like, oh, what music do you listen to to, Mm -hmm. you know, feel happy? And the music I listen to is rap. And um, it's just not, it's not something that I feel like a lot of, like maybe older people watching would be like, oh, why, you know, why does she listen to rap? Or that's more like party music. But to me, (laughs) rap is so much more like lyrically. There's so much depth to it. There's a lot of production that goes behind rap that I appreciate. But I feel like on the surface level, it's I I have no shame in saying that I'm a fan of rap. Like if if anyone asks me, if my idol um, in the sports business asks me, oh, what genre do you listen to? Like, I'll have no problem saying what it is. I just feel like there's a stigma around listening to rap and like rapping rap music, you know, in the profession. yeah,
1: it's like, I know what you mean. Like a lot of times it can be like a party setting or it can, mm-hmm. you're, you're so like, especially at work, like you're so put together and very yeah. delicate and ladylike. It's and it's, just, yeah, it's a bit of contrast for sure. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's art. So, um, people appreciate yeah. different forms of art and you know, I get it. I think I'm yeah. more of like a, I'm more of like a very mainstream pop kind of gal, which I'm also not ashamed of, by the way. There's a its own <laughs> shame that. That, comes with, <laughs> that comes with that. So it is what it is, you know? We our ears like what they like.
0: I like that. Our ears like what they like and there's nothing we can do about it. So um <laughs> When we started this podcast, obviously, uh, you prefaced very well that you have a lot going on in your life that's all should be looked at as positive, but at times it feels like stress. And I have a lot going on in my life. and i I guess I internalize all of the things I have going on slightly different. Um, so i I look forward to kind of sharing all of that as we talk about. Our theme of the podcast, which is just stress, and how can Mm -hmm. we view our, or how can we, you know, come out on the other side of this feeling positive about all the stress that we have? Is that even possible? You know?
1: Yeah. And I think, well, I really wanted to talk about this topic today just because selfishly it's something that's very top of mind for me all the time like I've noticed ever since and we actually talked about this in our previous podcast to kick off the new year but it's like it's like January 1st 12 a.m hit and everything with it that is coming this year hit at the same time um and so like I said a lot of it is really great like Planning a wedding is so fun and great and exciting, and it's a whole new chapter. So, there's that. Um, Work has been great, you know, but I have been really settling into my role as a manager, and with that comes a lot more responsibility. You have to delegate, you have to, you know, step up on the accounts that you're on and kind of take more of a manager role. And so, that has its own stressors. Um, And then, something that I'm Wanted to share also, because I feel like it should be talked about more often. Um, This one's not as fun, but uh, health-wise, I've been a little bit stressed. Um, A few years ago, I had a surgery done to remove some precancerous cells um, on my cervix, and I thought that everything was going to be fine and dandy and hunky-dory after all of that. And... I had an appointment last month to find out that that journey unfortunately is not over. It's all good. Um, I'm healthy. I don't have any precancerous cells to date, but they're still a little bit, um, I wouldn't say concerned, but they're cautious. So I have to go in at the end of the month for um, just like an exam and a possible biopsy. So. That's been stressing me out in and of itself because not so much because, you know, I I feel healthy and I, all my results have been positive for the most part. Um, But it's, you know, that uncertainty where you, your mind is left to wonder and fill in the blanks. And like you said, like this whole podcast is about, a lot of it is perspective. It's like, you know, all signs are pointing towards good things, but because there's that little bit where, you know, we don't know for sure what's happening right now my mind te- tends to go towards the negative and tends to fill in well it could be this it could be this and then that could cause this and then blah 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 and it sends me down this rabbit hole that's super negative but um really like all signs and all probabilities are pointing towards the fact that it'll be positive so it's but it's tough to not dwell on that small bit that could be potentially negative um mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's true for you or for anybody listening, but even when things are like 90% positive, it's hard not to dwell on that 10% sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah. Do you, and, like,
1: does that happen to you? you
0: know, yeah, I would say so. I think um, there, when I was looking at examples of, of, of ways to manage stress, a lot of the examples they gave were related to like financial stress and health-related stress. So like these really pertinent, strong things that are out of your control. How can you see those things in a different light and just um, go about life differently? So the examples of stress you gave before your health-related stress are like, there's so many more um, ways to combat that in terms of like mentality, time management, all of those things. But I think that's a really good thing to share in terms of thinking internally. Like when it's something that big and the the weight that rides on any anything health related is so significant. How do you overcome that? And I think you'll be able to kind of share a little bit of how in any way you're gonna be able to overcome dwelling on that ten percent because no one really knows until you experience it. But if it were me, a hundred percent the the risks and you know, the the stressors of, of being healthy. I think, you know, even just really anything related to health is is so important to live a, a happy, healthy life that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I don't know, really what stress management tools can be used because it's just like the reality of what's going on.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, everybody handles stress differently. Like for me personally, I handle stress by getting all the knowledge that I can get, you know, like basically eliminating as many unknowns as possible so that I can feel you know, in control of what's going on. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's not so good because then it leads you down WebMD and in these random forums about cancer. And it's like, you can go down a rabbit hole for hours and I've done it. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, and one other thing, you know, I wanted to touch on, on this topic is I don't ever want this topic to sound condescending, like, oh, you're just telling yourself you're stressed, you know, like, Mm -hmm. just stop telling yourself that and everything will be fine. No, I, I think there are stages to stress, at least for me. And I think an important part of the first stage is letting yourself feel it Mm -hmm. and letting yourself acknowledge that, hey, I'm stressed right now. There's a lot going on. I don't feel my best and that's all fine. Like it's, I think it's okay to dwell in that for a while and to feel what you need to feel. And then once you feel it and once, once you can come to a more rational place and come down from your emotions, I think that's when you can start on the journey of changing your perspective. And I think it, it definitely is true that once you can get to a place where You felt all your feelings and you got all of that out of your system. It's way more realistic and easier to get to a place where you can start looking at things more positively, being more optimistic, feeling more in control and doing the things you need to do to, you know, eliminate stress. Because it's really, it's not a healthy thing to just dwell too long in the time where you're just feeling stressed and overwhelmed and depressed and all these other things that come with stress.
0: Yeah, I've seen the way that I handle and view my stress change significantly over the years. Like I remember feeling just stressed out, um, whether it be through college or the early parts of my professional career. And I don't feel that way anymore. The weight that I feel is more pressure mounting over time for things that I feel like are are not exactly within my immediate control and just having to change my mentality in order to to live free of that weight that's on my shoulders of what I want to accomplish in life or um, just reaching my goals like those are all things and not even career-related goals like goals related to family and the relationships that I want to have with all of my family members. Um, all of those things are more of a weight on me. And I, I honestly think when I was reflecting on why I don't feel as stressed on a day-to-day basis with the amount of tasks that I have going on is because my career is a deadline. And I not mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm sure your career has a lot of deadlines too, Sophie, like the, The pressure I go through on a daily basis to get everything I need to get done in time for a six o'clock newscast, nine, ten, and it's all in a very timely manner. Yeah, I it's honestly improved my overall ability to handle stress. So people that are in stressful, high intensity jobs, I'm sure can see a correlation between stress in their personal lives kind of being alleviated because. You learn better skills and how to manage that stress and attack that stress so you don't have those things weighing over you. But then again, on a broader scope, I do feel a lot of weight and a lot of um, pressure. So I would like, it would be interesting to talk to someone that's a little bit more knowledgeable about the different, you mentioned the levels of stress, but the types of stress and what Mm -hmm. phases it is. At different points in your life, do does stress show itself?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, that's interesting with what you were saying, though. Like, work is basically helping you, if I understand correctly, like, deal with stress in your personal life. And I know you have a lot going on in your personal life as well on top of work. And so you think that because you are constantly on a deadline and constantly rushing to do the next thing and do a million things within a short period of time, um, that's helped with what's going on with you like currently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've, again, a lot of those tools that I looked online, it's like a uh, managing stress by managing your time and just attacking things right away. So that way there isn't a line of tasks that build up that ultimately lead to just feeling stressed out. So mm-hmm. for example, like on Mondays when I am off of work, I host a show and I so badly value my time off of work because it's the only time I feel mentally, I ha, it's the only time I tell myself that I'm able to feel like, free and yeah like i had nothing to do so then when i have to at starting at noon on a monday on my first day off of the week i have to start prepping for a show that i host that night i mm-hmm. am more likely to wanna push that time back to when i have to start prepping then i'll feel stressed like okay i need to start prepping now or else i'm going to run out of time and then i'm not going to be prepared when i go on on tv so now mm-hmm. I've had to practice those skills so much with just starting and getting my stuff done, it's ultimately led to me feeling less anxious and stressed on a day-to-day basis. But, Mm -hmm. And I also recognize that everything takes time now more so than I did before, so that's also helped in the amount of pressure I put on myself every single day. Like, overall, I feel a lot of pressure, but on a day-to-day basis, I feel very free of it because I know it's going to take time to reach the end goal.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think think like being okay with the fact that I'm not going to get everything done today, but that's okay because I'm making the progress I need to make is really helpful. And it's actually that same mentality is kind of what I've applied to wedding planning. (laughs) Because like I said, January 1st is when the timeline really started speeding up. And I mean, I'll have to show the timeline here on this podcast one day, but it's two pages of just a straight bullet pointed list of all the things that need to be done before a wedding and in which month and by what time. And luckily we've been able to stay pretty much on task and on deadline for a lot of these things. Um, but some of them, are running a little late. And I try to tell myself, you know, people plan weddings in three months. So by all standards, we're doing well. Um, But I totally agree with you. Sometimes when you're feeling stressed, you kind of just need to look at everything you need to do and just start doing them. Like just like stop thinking about everything that's on your list and just start knocking it off one by one. And I found that that really helps, especially with wedding planning, because there is So much to do. And if you just say, hey, today I'm going to find our, you know, the car that we're going to get in at the end of the night to like leave the venue. Like that's what I'm going to do today. And I'm going to book that today. And then you do that every single day and you have made a big chunk by the end of the week if you have time to do it every day, obviously. But Mm -hmm. um, that definitely helps a lot to just tackle it and to stop thinking about it and to just do.
0: I think that procrastination is, for me personally, the number one cause to my any stress that I might feel on a day to day basis. And I guess, you know, hearing you, hearing you kind of break down how you would go about improving to, in the end, not be as stressed about wedding stuff makes me think like, the reason why is because any procrastination that I've struggled with over the years, which procrastination is one that I have deeply struggled with. Um, Mm. I have overcome a lot of it just by, again, having deadlines every day and being a little bit more motivated in my time off, even when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling different emotions to just kind of do, um, which takes a lot, which takes a lot of self-discipline practice and being okay with the days that it's not gonna be a productive day. So for you, in the examples that you gave, Sophie, I want to dive a little bit deeper and just get more inside your head because on the surface level, I'm stressed about the new responsibilities at work. I'm stressed about wedding planning and all of that combined with things related to my health that are less in my control other than my daily diet habits. What specifically about those things like what's the cause of the stress? Is it, is it because you can't find exactly what you want for the different tasks related to your wedding that you need to find and not being able to find those things make you stressed or being motivated after a long day at work to do them or exactly what do you feel like reaches that point where it's like, okay, I am stressed officially.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... And just really quick, I wanted to also say, I totally agree with procrastination being a really big factor, um, mm-hmm. even with health. Like if you procrastinate going to the doctor or making that appointment you need to make or doing that thing, that's not going to be fun. Like, I don't want to go get that biopsy at the end of the month. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful, but you got to do it. And then you can know, and then you can know for sure. And it can be off your plate.
0: And it only um, took an insane amount of courage for you to get that initial surgery done. So to still have to deal with it, I can imagine how the emotions that come with that.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating for sure. But, um, you know, it's part of life. And it's just my mom, because my mom grew up with, or I grew up with her having rheumatoid arthritis. And so that was really um taxing on her but she always taught me you know it's just the cards you get dealt and you just do your best to stay on top of it and deal with it and that's just you know you can't really do anything about it besides be diligent and not procrastinate going to the doctor (laughs) um but to answer your question from before i think what stresses me out personally and some people thrive off of this and i I don't think I do, especially when, when stress is coming from more than one source, when there's just like two, like maximum amount going on in multiple categories. So like right now, wedding planning is maxing out right now. Work is maxing out, especially like having started a new quarter of the new year. Like that's, we're super maxed out at work right now. And then everything with health also maxing out. It's like, it almost feels like there's not enough hours in the day, especially after a long day at work. And then I have to turn my wedding planning brain on or turn my health brain on after work or in the middle of work. Um, it's just like, it's almost like I'm a person that needs to make a list every single day of all the things I need to get done. So it feels more um, in my control rather than all these um, things floating around my head that I know that I need to do. Um But I think that's my biggest cause of stress is just feeling like there's not enough time to get everything done in a day. Um, And it's true, you know, it's not going to get done in a day. And I think it's also okay if you deviate from your timeline a little bit. Like we've, I've had to deal with my own control issues of letting go of our wedding timeline a bit and being okay with the fact that, you know, the rehearsal dinner hasn't been quite done yet or we haven't gotten our rings yet, or, um, you know, Darren still needs his tux and on my timeline that was supposed to be done last month. And so, um, I think being okay with like, you know, not everything's going to work out exactly how you planned it at the time you wanted it to happen. Um, I think kind of being okay with letting that go has been helpful in managing stress for sure.
0: So my next question is to to you is, and I appreciate you being vulnerable enough to share like what areas of your stress are specifically stressful because it can take a lot of acknowledgement of where you can be better for everyone when you're looking at your stress because a lot of it is in our control, right? So when you think of the outcome being, Um, or the journey to get to the ideal outcome of not being stressed is writing everything down, um, being super organized and having really good time management and doing whatever you need to do in order to feel so organized and put together that there's no stress. Mm
1: -hmm. What
0: risks or what hurdles would you have to overcome to get there? Because while I let you quickly think about what those would be for you, when I think about it, it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm on it and I'm planning every single part of my day and I'm managing my time, that's the ideal scenario. But what I'm sacrificing is time to sleep in so I can feel good for the work week coming up, is time to acknowledge that I need to just chill and lay down and be on my phone and not think about what I have going on in life, even though I don't feel productive and it weighs on me that I'm wasting those, those few hours I have of free time away from doing work, um, it also allows me just to relax and feel rested. So there is there are positives to, or I guess there there is the other side of well, why are you doing X, Y, and Z? That's still that that
1: isn't as productive. Maybe
0: yeah. yeah, it's because yeah. there's another side to it. So for you, what's standing in the way? of you reaching that end goal or what would be those sacrifices?
1: Um, I think one thing, I am somebody that has always very much prioritized, uh, work-life balance. So to be honest, I really don't feel like I have to sacrifice all that much of my life and my sanity, because what I'll do is to me, factoring that into the day of like, Hey, I have to, I have to log off at five to go to the gym. Like I have to log off at five to just eat or do some self care. Like that is part of how I schedule days. Cause I would never, I would never set my day up in a way that would make me feel unhealthy or super drained or just overwhelmed. So I think I kind of plan my days to eliminate those sacrifices every day. Um, like for example, at work, I always take my lunch exactly at 12. I always arrive at the office at the exact same time. I always leave at the exact same time. I have my routines because if I don't, that's when the overwhelming feelings come in because it's like, okay, I have, I'm so stressed that I don't even have time to eat lunch. Like if it gets to that point, then that's, and it very rarely does for me. Thank God. Um, but that's when, you know, you have to kind of reassess and be like, this is not healthy. And then the other thing I would say too is the sacrifice I do think I unconsciously make though by planning so much is, um, I think when you plan and you plan your day or you plan your week and there's a lot going on, there's a part of you that starts to look at things as obligations. Like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to get work done. I have to plan this part of the wedding. Um, And I think in and of itself, that is a sacrifice. And it's not necessarily one that has to be made. um, Because I think, like we're talking about, if we just change our perspective, like, okay, I get to go cake tasting today for the wedding. Or I get to have this really exciting meeting with this client to potentially get this this new project signed, or, you know, I get to go to the doctor today and get excellent healthcare and figure out what's going on with me so that I can take care of it. You know, I think changing it, and especially during this special time of wedding planning, which is the time I've looked forward to for my entire life, um, just like remembering that all these things are good things, and we're all doing the right things to make ourselves more productive, happier people. And I think being too focused on planning and having to get things done sometimes takes away from that. And we need to try to remember as much as we can to be present and and thankful, even though when you're stressed, it's hard to feel gratitude sometimes, I think. But I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Um, And that's where when we brought up this topic, I felt like I can't in with full on authenticity say that, you know, I'm just a stressed individual and these are the reasons why I'm stressed because the older you get, and maybe you regress a little bit, the older you get, but uh, where we're, we're at, we're, we are at the peak of self um, growth and self awareness. And there's just so much more to simply being stressed sometimes and Arguably, most of the time, there's so much to it that it's not as simple as just being stressed. And a lot of stress is temporary. So I could have felt very stressed last month and completely forgot about it. And now I'm like, I'm not stressed. I'm just, you know, I have a lot of things I want to accomplish that I am eager to accomplish. And mm-hmm. there's just so many. There's just so many elements to it. Um, and I think the, the biggest ways that I've also managed to feel um, like I'm making progress in my own life is constantly growing internally, like we talked about on our last podcast. So that way, time doesn't go by where there's, there's, no, there's no fulfillment. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. what can I do on a daily basis? That makes me feel like I'm constantly growing. So for work, it's just trying to improve on the little things, like one piece of feedback I often get is be a little bit more personable when I'm in front of the camera. So mm-hmm. instead of viewing that as stress, like, oh, I need to fix this thing that I struggle with on camera. I'm just like, oh, the only thing you can do is really get reps and practice and think about it. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully over time it changes. And if it yeah. doesn't, then we have a different problem, but I, you <laughs> kind of trust the process, which is bingo, the name of this podcast. But also, I think this would be kind of a cool way to transition into, I think relationships and relationships with your significant other are a big, it can either be a big reason for your stress or a big reason why you're not stressed because of the support that they give you. And in my own life, I've found that I've put a lot of attention into growing my relationship and just experiencing a deeper relationship with my boyfriend in terms of how we understand each other, our knowledge of each other, and being so in tune with what we have going on in our minds that we are always growing and that there's always something to talk about. And in my relationship, there's been very obvious phases because this is my first serious relationship and first, like, long-term relationship. And we've been together for two, like, probably two and a half years in total. So when we first started dating, you know, just, like, spending time together and bonding. And then we eventually got to the point where we were sharing our feelings with each other. And then we got to the point where we were um, going through different challenges and realizing, okay, we are going to be each other's rock in those challenges to help each other. And then realizing, mm-hmm. okay, the inevitable is gonna happen. I'm My career is definitely gonna move me to different places. Are you willing to yeah. come with me? And then yeah. now we're getting to the point that we've overcome all of those different stages in our relationship. Now, how can we grow on a deeper level so that way I feel fulfilled in the relationship, even though he might not need those things or need to have what I need in order to have like a fulfilled to feel fulfillment in a relationship. And I guess like when I think about stress, I think of like all the things I have going on. And at times it feels like those difficult conversations with each other feel stressful. But mm-hmm. you anyone in a relationship for the most part, I feel I can relate to there's just a different vibe of the stress when it comes to relationship stuff because you're so motivated by it because you love this person and it's the yeah. best thing ever so you're not you're not like mad that you're stressed out about these difficult conversations you're more so passionate about it so yeah like it's kind of when i say that out loud it's like if you are passionate about something like career or building relationships with family or, you know, a side, a side business or, or planning a wedding. Like you, you really can know if you're passionate about it by whether or not you feel the stress or you don't, which it's okay to feel stress, even if you're passionate about it, but it's just how motivated are you by it and how much you care about it. So, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I think I've always been curious because You guys, I mean, I don't know how often each of you listen or how well you've gotten to know us up to this point, but Mary is like this little powerhouse when it comes to her career. And personally, when she started telling me everything that's involved in her average week, personally, that would stress me out. Like she is constantly on the move, constantly working, working till all hours of the night, different hours every day or every week. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, at least a sense of stability and consistency is really important to manage my stress. So, but at the same time, and this is something Mary's explained to me over the years, it's it's her passion. So she's happy to do it and it's exciting and it all means progress towards the next thing. But I guess my question to you is that now that Evan's in your life and not to say Evan is a source of stress, but, um, it's just another part of your life that you weren't necessarily expecting at this point. And Mm -hmm. now you have kind of like these two passions, like you're talking about, um, how does, if, if that does create more stress in your life, like, could you talk about that and also How, as somebody who is like career first or has been career first for such a long time, how do you manage both?
0: I think the, it's so interesting because I, I'm going through life for the first time right now, obviously, like in our early to mid twenties, really throughout your twenties, you're experiencing everything for the first time. So when I first started working the crazy hours that I do in my professional career, I, all I really did for myself outside of work was go hiking, go get a a smoothie, um, go on social media, watch sports, go to a local Mm -hmm. bar by myself or with, you know, like a friend I met, um, you know, go out and have a couple drinks and you know enjoy the night on a day off there's not really much i was doing to really become more of a valuable person to society like i was just going through the motions outside of work and just enjoying the time i was working because that was really the, the whole point of why i was where i was at the time living where i was like it's all because of my job and i'm always moving places right that i don't know anyone. So when I, when I lived in Omaha, I was in there for a summer for, I was there for work. I didn't know anyone. And then like the relationships I built with people came to make life more enjoyable, but I was just there for work. So everything Mm -hmm. I have done up to this point has been for work. So now that I'm experiencing life in, on the professional side for the first time, I realize okay, there's more that I want to get out of my time away from work than just thinking about mm-hmm. work. I want to do things for myself so I can really feel mentally refreshed on a day-to-day basis and happy, and have all of these things going for me. Whether it just be waking up early and working out, or waking up early to watch um, what is what's the I'm forgetting what uh, first take on Sports Center or on ESPN like. Those things are the things that will help me enjoy life more. So my point in saying all of that is, okay, so now I'm experiencing what it's like to want to get more fulfillment outside of work than just hang out with friends and party a little bit and watch sports. Like what can I do to really be better and grow? So then insert my boyfriend. Now all of that is for the most part revolved around him because how can we maximize our time together? when we don't Mm -hmm. see each other throughout the week because we work at opposite times of the day? And how do we continue to build our relationship when we're not seeing each other that often? And Mm -hmm. honestly, over the past probably five, six months, it has been an issue because I have gotten, I grew anxious about, I'm home on a a Tuesday. We need to do something and we need to have each other's full attention because we're not going to see each other. And then I would- come home early on the Thursday, and then I'd feel that same way. And then I'm home in the evening on Sunday and I'd feel that same way. So it's like, I'm living in anxiety because I don't know when the next time we're gonna get to hang out together is. But in reality, we see each other a decent amount because my schedule will permit it for maybe this month and then the next month I'll be super busy. So there's all of those unknowns with what our schedule is gonna be. And before, until recently, I was like we need to maximize every moment we can together and I'm going to I'm going to make it a point and it's going to be a stressor of mine to do that because I don't know when the next time we're gonna have a lot of time together is Mm -hmm. so now I've overcome that because I've settled in a little bit and I (laughs) have realized okay we live together it's gonna be okay we're going to be together every chance that we can as well as do things independently and live our own lives. So how can I still feel excited about hanging out together? Um, even when, cause like for example, that Tuesday, that's a work day for him. So he's not trying mm-hmm. to like have an elaborate day. He's trying to just come <laughs> home from work and also chill. And same for me. It's like, that's my only day off. What can I do for myself? Because I can't, put so much pressure on hanging out with him. So now we implemented, Mm -hmm. we'll see how it works out. But for the start of the new year, every month we'll alternate in who plans a date night. So for me, this is the first time doing it. And tomorrow is going to be our first day where I'm planning the date. So he can kind of get a feel for it. um, In terms of like how to plan a date, because that's also a, a thing that's important to me is him being thoughtful and like planning stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is going to kind of get him out of his comfort zone a little bit because I have, I have no problem being the one like, okay, let's go do this, do this, do this. But I never want him to feel like it's okay to not be thoughtful when it comes to me. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, a twofer. It gets him to think about how to plan a date and like do things for each other rather than just going out to dinner or something, but then also, um, not feeling like me knowing, me just knowing, okay, we have our date night this month, so we don't have to have date night every second. I'm not working because it's so rare that I'm not working. Um, so it's it's gone through, I've gone through its challenges and it's really just, uh, it's just a place I look forward to getting to where life is a little bit more settled. There's just so many changes right now that it's, that it's a little difficult. But real quick to answer your second question, um, it hasn't really impacted my work. I would say it's kept me in Minnesota a little bit longer than I probably would have just for the sake of not, for having a reason to be here versus I could have gotten a job that's pretty similar in another state just to like change things up and not really made an advancement I would be doing the same thing, just living elsewhere because like I would be, have been more motivated to just leave for no reason and experience a new place. Now I want there to be yeah. a reason to why I move, not just to move to move. So yeah. it has, it's nice because I would love to learn more about people in this industry or people in industries that move a lot and how they're, how they're, dating life is, which from what I've heard, it's not great, but I'm so thankful we haven't actually moved yet, but I'm so thankful I'm dating someone that's willing to move and go along for the journey. Definitely. But that easily could have not been the case. And that actually was a very serious conversation for a while because he wasn't totally comfortable with that idea at first. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been interested to see how I mean, I love you guys together and it wasn't a shock to find out that you were able to, to come to a place of agreement and cooperation, but I was always interested to see how that would work out for you and because um, I just had a sneaky feeling that somebody would come along for you that would just be too good to pass up and change the plans just a little bit. Um, but I love that you guys are doing the date the alternating months. Um, we did that. That was our resolution last year actually. Um, and it's just a fun way to keep things exciting. And like you said, to kind of take some pressure off, um, you know, making every day that you do have together super special and kind of Mm -hmm. letting it be okay to just relax and to just hang out together and not have to do anything over the top. Um, but another thing that I'm hearing that I also just wanted to touch on, I know we We're probably running out of time soon, but, um, I love from what I'm hearing from you, like a sense of security as you start to navigate your life. Um, and as you start to learn how to juggle these different things, I think when we first enter the adult world and we want to do everything so perfectly, there's a lot of insecurities like, oh, I'm, I'm not spending enough time in my relationship. Maybe, maybe that's going to fail, or maybe I'm spending too much time in my personal life and maybe you know, I'm not doing as well at work. And maybe, you know, my boss is noticing that and all this different stuff. And I think when, I think a, a great way to manage stress, and it takes time, I think, to develop the skill, but is to have a sense of security in that you're doing everything you can do and you're being your best in every way. And that's enough. Like to be as fully present as you can be at work and in your relationship and with your health and all these different things if you're doing your best and that is good enough and i think being secure in that fact takes time mm-hmm. but it, it definitely helps eliminate stress because it's you're worried less about like how others like for example with wedding planning there's a lot of pressure of like and Maybe it's, um, an embarrassing thing to admit, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure to make this day like impressive to other people. Like, wow, like they really know how to plan a great wedding and show everybody a great time. And wow, this wedding is better than any other wedding I've been to all this other stuff. But if you can just say, you know, I don't really care. I just want it to be what I think would be fun and great for me. Um, then that eliminates a lot of stress because when you're trying to plan the best wedding that ever happened ever, that's (laughs) a lot of stress. And I think just being secure in what you enjoy and what you want for yourself, um, eliminates a lot of that stress. So I love hearing that though. I feel a sense of security coming from you.
0: Yeah. I, I truly feel that way that I'm going to give my relationship, everything, my all there are areas that I definitely lack in. Like I have so much going on on a day to day basis and I'm, I've been away from home for so long and I'm so independent in my own world that I would love to build my family relationships stronger because of that's definitely been sacrificed in the amount of things I have going on away from California. But, um, but yeah, I feel confident in that, but that doesn't mean that it's all going to work out. Like my, my, one of my main stress stressors lately has been, um, which again, stressor or just a goal that I'm working towards reaching is can, can my boyfriend and I have a life together where it doesn't matter if my career is taken away, his career is taken away. Like we can just be so good with each other's company and be totally strong and, and fluid and everything we can overcome anything. And I feel like that's kind of the next stage in in the strong or the deeper your relationship gets and kind of seeing the potential for spending like the rest of your life with someone, now entering that mindset of, okay, can we actually exist together and if everything's taken away from us or if we're in, you know, we never did quarantine together to where we're with each other 24 seven, we're always doing our own things. So like if I did eventually have an eight to five for some reason one day and I am home every evening, would we be okay? Like, would we exist okay in that, <laughs> um, in that world? And I, I really did want to ask you in the different phases that I'm kind of referencing and in, in what I'm experiencing in my relationship, what phase are you and Darren at? And I know it's obvious, like we're in our engagement phase but internally with your own relationship right now what what phase are you guys in or is that not even a thing when you're already at this point
1: um no i think i think you're constantly going through different phases like i even sometimes experience different phases month to month um (laughs) but right now um, it changes it changes very quickly and Different stressors come up, um, you know, just even the way your emotions can be overwhelming sometimes changes the, those phases. Um, but for us right now, if I had to explain it, um, I would say right now is very much honeymoon phase. Um, I think with the new year starting um, and this being our the year we get married, it's kind of and it's also under 100 days now. I think it's today. I know. Really- I
0: can't believe it
1: it's wild. So we did go and celebrate that. Um, and you know, we're kind of at a point now where we're very, um, I would say, even though we live together, we can be very independent and kind of, you know, like, Oh, you know, tonight you can go play your video games. Cause I want to watch this movie and I want to do my own thing, or I want to go hang out with my friends or with my family and we can be separate and then come together at night and, Feel very secure in the fact that we're strong and we're good, and we don't need to, you know, stress about how much we're hanging out or all this other stuff because we're yeah. just very secure. Um, but it is very much a honeymoon phase in the sense that when we're together, it's um, it just feels very exciting. It almost feels new again because we are starting this new chapter, and with marriage, at least, I guess I'm technically traditional, even though I feel like a lot of people probably agree that marriage kind of kicks off this new realm of possibilities. Like all of a sudden children is not like the weirdest thing. Like it's not like, Oh, you know, one day when I have children, like a million years from now, it's like, well, you know, we're going to be married and we don't really enjoy going out to the bars anymore. It's super exhausting and draining for us. And we really kind of like what you were explaining before, like we, we have extra time on our hands in terms of free time. And like, we are looking for that next um, sense of fulfillment. And that's not to say we're going to have a honeymoon baby, Um but it is, it's interesting to, and it's fun and it's lovely and magical to be in this part of life where all of that is possible. Um And so I think that that's very much contributing to this honeymoon phase and it's also, you know, we're we're engaged so we feel very secure. I don't I mean, we've lived together for like 3 years and we're engaged and we're about to get married. So I kind of already feel married in a lot of ways. So I think that's contributing to the security, but that's also not to say that you can get comfortable and lazy. So um, we're actually starting premarital counseling on Wednesday. So that's two oh, nice. days from now. And, and it's really
0: this comes out, you'll probably have already done it. And you'll be able to share yes. a little bit about how the first one went
1: on the next yes. time. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just nothing. There's no, like, bad reason that we're going. It's just to... <sighs> find new t- tools and ways to keep things um, exciting and special and to find new ways to communicate and find healthy ways to communicate that maybe we didn't think about before. Um, and so I'm very excited to start that and to you know kind of kick off kick off a really healthy foundation not that we don't already have one, but to you know really get all the healthy good tools under our belt um, Before marriage. So that'll be exciting. I know Darren, I think it's his first time ever in a. Um, oh my gosh. So he gets to talk office. about
0: his feelings and his thoughts. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I. So I'm excited. I feel like I challenge my boyfriend a lot to like think way more about like his relationship with me than he probably would ever do on his own. So I'm sure you've already done that yeah. Darren, and I'm sure he also does a lot himself to to be thoughtful and, and really think and reflect. But at the same time, talking to someone else is going I feel like going to put him in a a, a different it's going to be out of his comfort zone. So that'll be interesting to hear about. And I'm sure exciting for yeah. you to witness. And um, real quick, you mentioned kids and I like to think of myself as very supportive and like genuinely happy for every phase that everyone goes through and not think of it in a selfish light, but the kids thing, like I have told you before, I'm just not ready for you to have kids yet. And a honeymoon baby would be amazing, but I am, I've been okay with voicing to you that, that might be a little bit soon for me. <laughs> I for still, you, I love it. It's for you. <laughs> I mean, it's just like my life would change so much when I come home and I visit you. Like, I would, I would be visiting you. You would have a child, which would be the best thing ever. But I'm not ready for that yet. I still want to have the freedom for when I visit you to just let's go do whatever we want. And yeah, I think I think a lot of best friends can relate to that when the other friend is wanting to have a kid. It's so special. And I'm excited for that journey and to be a part of it, everything that comes with it, but also just not yet. Also 37 days until your bachelorette party. And the planning has really started on my end and getting everything ready and outfits. I mean, that's kind of a big conversation because you're having a pink night where we just wear pink and look super cute. And then a seventies night where we're more of the disco era. I would say it's more like bright and shiny versus how many days did you say? 37.
1: Oh, I literally, if I had to guess, I would have guessed like 50.
0: No. Oh my God. It's next month.
1: Oh my gosh. But okay. That's, I, it's a very surreal feeling because, you know, you go to everybody else's bachelorette party and it's fun and, but to have it be your own bachelorette party. And I'm sure to also be the maid of honor at the bachelorette party. It's like, it's going to be, I know it's only a weekend and I need to make sure to remind myself to just be really present in every mm-hmm. moment. Cause it's going to go by so fast.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
1: But, oh, my gosh. And it's going to be, you know, I love the theme. I love the disco theme. I think it's going to be so cute and fun. And to see everybody's different outfits of, like, how they interpreted the theme is going to be such a blast. And everybody's been sending me their inspo. And I just got my outfit as well. Going to be wearing some crazy white go-go shoes and this sparkly dress and a veil. So it's going to be very very extra and outside of did what I usually wear. It? but
0: did you receive So dress?
1: I got I got the shoes and okay. I have the veil, but the dress had to be pre-ordered, so it's not coming till the beginning of February.
0: Okay, I'm dying to see what the dress looks like because it's so cute. And um, I wanted to also ask you if you could share and we'll kind of go through week to week a, a little bit of insight on each thing you chose and why you chose it but can you share the story of or the the thought process behind choosing Scottsdale for your bachelorette?
1: Yeah, I um I had been to two bachelorettes last year in Scottsdale. And at first, you know, I wasn't sure why there were so many bachelorettes happening and bachelor parties happening in Scottsdale, and Darren is actually doing his bachelor party in Scottsdale as well, the month after. Um, And so I'm like, what is the deal with this place? Like, why is everybody going here? And you get there and I do, I immediately understood. It's very much, you get the desert vibes that a lot of people get from Palm Desert or Palm Springs when they do their bachelorette parties there. So you get like the laying by the pool, the tanning, the fun pool drinks and all that stuff, pool parties. But it's a little bit faster paced cuz i think palm springs can be a little slow. There's not a ton to do in palm springs. Mm-hmm. Um and so if you go to the downtown area, it's very much and they have top golf and they have all the clubs and they have like really fun restaurants and like drag shows and all of the fun things. Um and that's kind of like where you get a taste of like a vegas bachelorette party. And me personally, it's the perfect middle ground because I don't know that I would survive a Vegas bachelorette party. And actually my friend um, is going to be having her bachelorette party in Vegas this summer. So
0: oh, that I'll keep, let you guys
1: know if I survive. You guys will know if I reappear on the podcast that I survived <laughs> or not. Um, but I also didn't want something as slow as Palm Springs. So to me, it's just like the perfect middle ground. It's not too far. It's not all the way across the country um, for the people that live in California. And even for the people that live out of state, it's not too bad, um, Mm -hmm. I don't think. But um, yeah, I just am so excited. And the Airbnb we got is going to be so fun and cute. We'll have to somehow like share pictures of everything um, after the bachelorette party with you know, our I, audience, but it's sure. amazing. And
0: it'll, it's one of those things where like, I want to, I actually just this idea popped in my head, but make it into a vlog because I, I will occasionally do vlogs on my YouTube channel, but also be present. And like, I feel like vlogging really doesn't take me out of the moment, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's so amazing to have those memories in a video format. So you can always remember, Yeah, I mean, pictures are cool, but like to really have a video to relive it. So that could be something we do too. And then just share share it on the podcast basically. Um, oh, yes. But I would love that. that's what we did a little bit for your dress shopping. That didn't end up being your eventual dress. <laughs> i know Love the okay. video for it so you know what it would have it we remember that part of it like what i it would, would love,
1: love to re-watch it. that and to just see what i was thinking <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you tell you tell us what you were thinking you say verbatim i love it and i'm over there like it's the most gorgeous thing i've ever seen <laughs> and we're just Yeah,
1: doing that. I mean, it's a beautiful dress, but it was never going to be, like, my end-all be-all. So I'm just, yeah, it's just funny. I would, I think we need a similar experience for The Bachelorette so we can probably ask the same question. What were we thinking in that moment (laughs) (laughs) at The Bachelorette party?
0: I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) I can't wait till all of our stuff gets in. And I think planning The Bachelorette has definitely, like, for me has been, well, you square away the Airbnb right away. And then next it's like, you got to get your outfits because that's, if you have themes, that's a huge part of it and you can't let time go by. But then also, you know, the next in the current phase of just like decorating, making sure everything is good to go. And I'm thinking that, you know, when we land, you go to brunch, And that will give me, and then maybe if anyone else wants to volunteer to help out, time to go back to the Airbnb so that way you're not there right away. Just so there's time to, like, get things ready. And I'm sure anyone that goes to or that plans a bachelorette that's out of state or the bachelorette party is out of state, you know, it's like if you're traveling with the bride, how do we, let's, we need some separation (laughs) to be able to do things.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so sweet! I, you guys have been so good at planning everything, and I, I caught wind that there's a secret group chat that they all are talking in <laughs> without me. So. And the
0: picture on it is so cute. It's that picture of you and um, from when you were with Maddie in Colorado.
1: Oh, look,
0: I'm it now from the video! It's the cutest picture of you. So it's like every time. I'm in it. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so worth it. Cause she's so cute. Oh. <laughs> you guys
1: get yourself a maid of honor. Like Mary, she hypes me up so much. <laughs> it makes me feel so special. I'm so lucky to have you as my maid of honor.
0: Ditto. And Oh, I froze. Okay. I think I'm back. Um, ditto. <laughs> and I truly am so excited for 37 days. It all oh. officially or 36 days for the bridal shower. But anyways, I hope that everyone enjoyed listening to this podcast. We got through a lot. And um, I would say just the biggest takeaway when it comes to stress is just reevaluate what exactly about the situation makes you stressed and, and try and see it in a different light. And don't let time go by too quickly without enjoying life. Like really do everything you can. It's 2023. Let's enjoy life on every single day and be happy, you know?
1: Agreed. Absolutely. I totally agree. And perspective is everything. And I think gratitude is everything too. So that's, that's at least going to be my goal for the coming year with stress management. Agreed.
0: All right. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Processing Podcast. Cheers everyone. And I hope you have a great rest of your week.